hope that you enjoy the service today. You are always so welcome here. And I'll start by assuming you are welcome.
this morning as this is our first Sunday and we prepare to continue to worship our God uh, we prepare now to break bread together Uh, so if you have your communion you may gather together as we prepare to uh, eat of this bread and drink of this cup and remembrance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Uh, so in this moment of worship let us have a time of prayer Father, we thank you for blessing us just one more time in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to one more time to gather together. We thank you, Lord, that you truly are God all by yourself, and we bless your holy name. And so, Father, as we gather around together virtually, Lord, and also collectively in our remote spaces and places, we invite you into our hearts and to our minds as we count the costs 
that was paid on Calvary to set a wretch like us free. Father, we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup in remembrance of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Lord, as often as we do so, we do so until it's coming back again. Father, enter our hearts, search us, guide us. Bless these elements. Bless us that we might feel your presence. Bless us that we commune with you. Amen. So those who have, Jesus took up the bread. He blessed the bread. He broke the bread. And he gave it to disciples so that they may eat. Let us eat together. Likewise, Jesus took up the cup. He blessed the cup. And he gave the cup to the disciples. Drink ye all of it. Let us drink together. gospel records that they exit singing hymns. We will likewise do the same as Minister Jeff is singing, sorry, playing. Jesus went to Calvary. May we sing that song together. Jesus went, Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's love. On him I they stress. And he hung his head for me. He died. That's love. That's That's not how the story is. Three days later, that's love. Let us pray. Mighty God, we thank you. For the body of Christ that was beaten, bruised, pierced for our transgressions. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the blood of Christ, which is poured out for the remissions of sins, that we might know 
forgiveness. And Lord, we thank you for the victory of Christ, that he defeated death, arising from the grave, that we might know the power of the resurrection and eternal life. Father, as we prepare to continue to worship you this morning, as we as we already eaten of your bread, now we want to eat of your word. Have it hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you, Lord. That we might see Jesus walking with us, talking with us, communing with us as we seek after your kingdom. Father, move in this place. Have thine own way, Lord, we pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you all so much for joining us in morning worship this morning. If you have your Bible, you can open up in the gospel. New Testament will be in Luke chapter 13. And as we continue on in this new series of journeying with Christ to Jerusalem, we're going to look at how he walks with us. We earlier, right, how we want to walk with him this year. Now we're going to walk with him as he's walking towards Jerusalem to die on the cross for our sins. Uh, think about how this is a planned trip. Trips are often scheduled to go to pleasant <coughs> places, uh, a place to relax, a place that we want to enjoy, a place that we can remove ourselves from the hustle and bustle of life. But yet here it is that Jesus is going to the place of his torture, of his pain and his punishment. Rarely do, do we ever schedule or set an appointment or a schedule for things that's going to cause pain and discomfort. Matter of fact, I know some people that we put off these appointments in such ways. Uh, we don't schedule that appointment right away for the root canal, for reconstructive surgery, getting a tooth pulled or getting lab work done because you got to fast and pick that day to go in to get it done. But however, we schedule them just the same because they are needed out of necessity. Here it is. Jesus out of necessity has a scheduled appointment in Jerusalem. In our text today, we're going to see how Jesus expresses his itinerary to the Pharisees and his disciples and his purpose of going to this place. I want us to observe how Christ shows us how we can have endurance and determination and focus as we are facing obstacles and opposition, knowing that we too can be victorious in what we're facing. Jesus in this text is evangelizing to the crowd, telling them the urgency of their salvation. Jesus is preaching the urgency of now, that now is the time of salvation. But he wants them to understand that Christ is here and now is the time to give their life to Christ. So our text picks up when the Pharisees step in while he's teaching. Y'all with me? 13th chapter, verses 31 to 35. New Living Translation reads this way. At that time, some Pharisees said to him, Get away from here. If you want to live, Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and the third day. I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow and the next day, I must proceed on my way. For it wouldn't do for a prophet 
of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as hens protect her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is abandoned and you will never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God for his word. And so Jesus is teaching and evangelizing, preaching how now's the time to become saved, how it's basically saying how when the end times come, it'll be too late. So don't wait for it tomorrow. But now is the time. And even in the urgency of now, look how Jesus breaks it out to them that they say that you need to stop. Don't go to Jerusalem because Herod wants to kill you. What I like about how Jesus tells you like today and tomorrow and the next day, he's basically, I'm about my father's business. You're not going to stop me doing this and that and the third. I'm going to be doing this today, tomorrow and the next day. He's letting them know that I have a divine appointment and a schedule. My itinerary to go to Jerusalem has already been scheduled, pre-planned and determined. And you cannot dissuade me and stop me from getting there. And so what we're learning here is about how not only does Jesus knows best, but Father knows best. God has mapped out our salvation from the beginning of the world. Thank God for God, the Father that knew that we were in need of redemption. He provided the Son of God to die on the cross for our sins. And so here it is. God, in his wisdom, is showing us how he knows better than what other people think they know. Look, look, look what they come and tell him as if Jesus is not aware of the history of this Herod, the king, Antipas. They say to him again, verse 31, at that time, some Pharisees said to him, get away from here if you want to live. Herod, Antipas wants to kill you. Uh, this is funny when you think about it, how Herod has been trying that, that Herod family been trying to kill Jesus before he was even born. We understand that this is nothing new, the threat of Jesus's life. But through all of this persecution, this oppression, he is still focusing on preaching and teaching the kingdom of God so that those who confess and believe in him will know the liberty of salvation. But yet let's question about these Pharisees and their motives. Possibly they might have been good intention coming to Jesus, warning him that Herod wants to kill them. And so it might have been a friendly kind of warning, say, hey, you might want to stay away from me, get out of here. Or possibly uh, they were uh, jealous of Jesus and they wanted him to leave and, and, and not cause an uprising because of they like how things are going for them and they don't want nothing, anybody to ruffle their feathers. And also they might be doubting his ministry, not believing him to be one of authority, excuse me, and teaching because they are the scheduled leaders. They are the Pharisees, the Sassy, but yet he's a son of a carpenter. He was not schooled or learned as they were, but yet they don't understand that he was not just a man, but he's fully God and fully man and fully man. Two natures and one divine. And then also here's the other thing, too, about this Herod, who's not the rightful king. Herod is threatened 
of Jesus because Herod is not even of the lineage of David. Herod was appointed king by Rome. He was appointed. He bought the throne. He bribed his way in getting into the throne. And so from Herod the Great trying to kill Jesus at the parents flee to Egypt to now Herod Antipas, his successor, his son, is now trying to kill Jesus. Already successfully beheaded John, Jesus' relative. So you see here that Jesus understands that I am facing opposition in doing the work of my father. But I want to encourage you to understand that you're headed in the right direction if you're dealing with some opposition. I'm going to let that sit for a moment. You're headed in the right direction if you're dealing with some opposition. (laughs) I'm thinking about how children learn how to play basketball. And you have to remind them which which rim is there, which direction that they are going. How oftentimes it might be one child who does not know which direction to go. You give them the ball, they shoot at the wrong hoop. Everybody else is pointing the other way. Here's the situation. Because there was no opposition, this person must realize, I must have an easy shot. Let me take this shot, not realize if I went to my basket, I might face opposition. I want to encourage you to understand that sometimes when it's too easy, it's too easy for a reason. God encourages us and pushes us to go to do the work for his kingdom, and the enemy is against anything that God is for. Do I have a witness out there that understands that if God is for, the enemy definitely is against him. So if God is for unity in your household, he's definitely trying to cause discord. He's trying to cause eruption. He's trying to cause fights. He's trying to cause divorce. He's trying to cause runaways. So whatever he can plant and seed and cause hatred and animosity to rise up, that's why Christ teaches how we ought to love. We ought to forgive. We ought to be merciful. We ought to be gracious. Do the things that help heal and build relationships, not do the things that kill, steal, and destroy. God is good. The enemy is evil. The devil wants revenge. God preaches forgiveness. Uh, the enemy wants harsh words. God tells us to use gentle words. You understand that there's always going to be opposition to what is good, but light always beats out the dark. I heard somebody here. Amen. Right there. Dark does not overshadow the light. Light dispels the darkness. God is light. And so when we're walking in fellowship with him, though I walk to the valley of shadow of the I shall Fear no evil. We have no fear. We have confidence when we're walking with God, talking with God, being with God, because our God is able to do exceedingly above, beyond what we can ask or even think. Do you understand that when you're moving forward, you are walking in the right direction? But let me hope out one more thing about why we need friction. We need friction because you cannot move forward without friction. Basic definition for friction is the resistance of one surface or object encounters when moving over another. I don't know about you, but I can't fly, so I need friction. I can't fly over something, just propel my something like in the comic books, but yet even in flying, I need wind. But yet I need friction. I need some kind of resistance. Some of y'all understand that we're getting into springtime now. It's warming up. It's about to turn into spring. But when we were dealing with ice, you needed friction. Anybody had some spinning tires? You got stuck in some snow. And once you couldn't get any friction, you were moving in, in the direction you wanted to go. And how many times some of you got to 
back up in order to move forward. We, you are trying to find where can I get some free. So I'm going to encourage you today. Understand that sometimes in your life you might need to back up and look at the divot that you're in and realize I need to get out of here. I need to get some friction. I need to get some momentum and move forward. Thank you, Jesus. That, that's why Jesus died on the cross to remove those obstacles for us to look at our sin and see the mess that we're in and realize he'll give us power through the Holy Spirit that we can be more than conquerors. We need him to help us to walk. And that's why we need some friction. Now, that's why our enemies can become our footstools. Y'all see that right there, right? That's friction that will lift me higher because of what God can turn around for our good. So just know that God will empower you to stand against those who come against you. When you are seeking to do the good, pleasing will of the Lord, the enemy will not stop you. You have a cloud of witness around you so you can run with endurance and know that our God is greater than anything the enemy can throw out us. We are more than conquerors and we can stand on the promise of our God. Jesus shows this courage and this determination in the face of his opposition. When he tells them, go tell that father that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and the third day. I, I will accomplish my purpose. Do you understand that what God starts, he will finish. God accomplishes his goals. God, we know, is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus says he is the author and the finisher of our favor. God is undefeated and will always win. The opposition is never going to be greater than our God. As the song says, God is great. And when we understand that our God is the author and the finisher, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, that means he got it all covered. He has your start and your finish. Thank you, Lord, that he knows what's best for us and he knows where he wants to put us. So we better trust him. We better follow him and allow him to lead us in that proper direction. Look what Jesus says he's going to continue to do. Casting out demons. He's going to continue to be exercising and rebuking the enemy and establishing his kingdom. He's increasing his territory. He's letting them know that the kingdom of God is at hand. On his way to die on the cross, he is taking the time to deliver all that will come to him and let them know, I'm healing. He's still healing, not just today, but tomorrow and the third day. He's going to accomplish his goal. Jesus will be doing these activities because he's not only concerned about our eternal salvation, but he's also concerned about our current condition. He wants to change who we are now, for we will be forever changed in his presence. We can change right now. Tell you that you can change right now. We need to submit and surrender to him right now. We need to allow him to have his way in our hearts right now. We must understand what he calls us to do and submitting to his will. Jesus saying he's not going to stop. He's going to keep on because the truth needs to be heard. The completion of his work is going to go. He says, yes, today, tomorrow and the next day, I must proceed on my way for it wouldn't be it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Well, I want to highlight again is that he says that on the third day he's going to accomplish it. He, and he reiterates it in the second verse that, yes, he gets two days. Yes, today, tomorrow, and 
the next day. Some suggest that this might be his itinerary about how many days it's going to take till he gets to Jerusalem and he's going to begin his work. But also some suggest it might be leading out towards his resurrection. Right. On the third day, he defeats everything. And so he accomplished his goal by dying on the cross and being buried in the grave and rising on the third day. But also it highlights, too, that our Christ is going to complete his work, his task, and Herod cannot stop him. The Pharisees cannot stop him. Nothing can stop him, that he's on his way to complete his goal, knowing that the end result was going to happen in Jerusalem. You need to I want you to highlight this, right? What's going to happen in Jerusalem? They say Herod wants to kill you. Herod wants to kill you. Herod thinks that this is going to be Jesus's demise, but it's going to be our deliverance. <laughs> this is the thing about this, that what, what the enemy meant for harm. That's why we look in Genesis 50, verse 20, says this. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to the position so I could save the lives of many People, y'all catch that? That is Genesis 50, chapter verses 20. Joseph responding back to his brothers, how they plotted to kill him, and then they sold him into slavery. And he's pointing out that everything that was done was for your deliverance. You thought it was for my demise, but it was for your deliverance. You see how this is so in Jesus? Herod thinks it's for his demise. We thought it was his pain, his chastisement, but it was he bore our griefs. He bore our punishment. It was for our deliverance. And so we're pointing out that you think you know what God is doing, but sometimes we don't really understand what God is doing. So we need to be still and know that he is God. We need to slow down and let God work it out as we're trying to figure it out because God has already Mapped it out. He is the author and the finisher. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He sees the whole picture. He knows the end game. And we must trust him and believe him in this process. And for that, that's how now Jesus is lamenting about going to Jerusalem, because, again, he desires for all to be saved. He desires that none be lost. Look at how he laments what's about to happen as he goes there. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The city that kills the prophets and stones, God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and you will never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus desire that none be lost and all come to know him as their Lord and Savior. One day. We will all confess and know Jesus as Lord as he's losing this eschatological aspect as, as blessed as he who comes in the name of the Lord. But you don't have to wait to the end time. You can know Christ as your Lord and Savior now. Now's the time for Jesus to move in your life because Jesus pointed out now's the time I'm going to Jerusalem to die on the cross for the sins of the world. We must seek the kingdom of God and seek after him and respond to his amazing love. Look how he desires as a mother hen to gather us under under her wing and protect us and shelter us and provide for us. That's why we like how the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want, right? Think about how 
We describe God as a shepherd that provides and protects his sheep. Now as a mother hen that is gathering us as little baby chicks under her wings. Now he's like a rock. He is our refuge. A place in the old Easter time, a rock was a place to go. Before we had basements, before we had bunkers, they would go into the mountaintops as their bunkers, as a refuge, as a place to hide out and be secure. So God was always related to refuge, to protection, to peace. And here it is that Jesus is desperate to be our protection, our provider, our peace, and desires for all of us to come to him. But yet he understands that there's people out there that are rejecting him and their desires for to, to reject him means that they will end up being punished and no death while he's trying to suffer death on their behalf, that they won't know what it means to be separated from God, but they will have a right relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is on his way to save Jerusalem while Jerusalem is trying to kill him. But yet again, those conflicting of plans shows us again that sometimes we don't always get the full plan. We think we have an idea. But yet, if we are true to ourselves to really think about it, we're not as smart as we think we are. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 tells us this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Do you see how God is always greater? He's always a step uh, ahead of us, but really he's not just a step. He's eons ahead of us because he has the bigger picture. He knows what is best. Encourage yourself by reminding yourself that God knows what's best. When you don't know what direction to go, ask God which direction do I go. When you don't know what to do next, be still and say, God, give me des- the, uh, uh, your desire and show me which way you want me to go. We can allow the Holy Spirit to minister us as we're seeking to do the will of the Lord. So here it is. Christ is on his way to Jerusalem. And on his way, he says that he's going to be casting out demons. He's going to be healing today, tomorrow. And on the third day, he's going to accomplish his goal. I want to encourage you to let you know that God today is still healing. He is still delivering and he is still in the saving business. And we know he accomplished a goal as we will be celebrated come Easter Sunday. The power and the jubilation and joy of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But while we're on this earthly journey, remind yourself that the enemy is coming after you. You're going to deal with some oppositions. You're going to deal with some friction. But yet it can't stop you. It cannot stop you because with God, all things are Possible with man, it's impossible, but nothing's too hard for our God. So seek the Lord and His holy will. Know the Lord will keep you in the face of opposition. Know the Lord finishes what He started, and know we have victory not just today, but tomorrow and forever, all through Jesus. So now is the time. If you don't know Jesus, now is the time to know Him. If you don't know forgiveness, now is the time you can learn forgiveness. You can now find mercy. You can now know his grace. You can now be saved. For all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't have to walk alone. You don't have to be by yourself. But you can walk with him. 
commune with him, fellowship with him, and know that on this road he's going to be rejected on is our end, is our redemption. They thought it was for his demise, but it's for our deliverance. I want to encourage you that it does not have to stay this way. Let God turn it around. Let God renew you, transform you through the power of his spirit, all because you call on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as your Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that nothing is too hard for you. We thank you, Lord, what the enemy intends for evil, you can work it out for our good. We thank you, Lord, that all who call on you and know you, you can work it out for your good of you, God. Father, times of hardships and times of oppositions and adversity, it seems so hard. But, Lord, we thank you that through your power, your grace, your mercy, we know victory. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. And so, Father, I pray there's someone that does not know Jesus, Lord. I pray that today they confess and know him as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray for the church that, Lord, we will not be discouraged, but we'll be emboldened and continue to face the opposition of the wicked one and knowing that, God, through you, we are able to accomplish your goals, your will. And so, Father, have your way with us. And we'll be so mindful to give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining Zion this morning for worship. You can continue to stay connected with Zion on our website, ZionBCPoria.com. Also on our, app, our website, you can download the app, and also you can also give there online as well. If you enjoyed this message, please share it, like it, post it, and then be with you again uh, next Sunday morning for worship. And remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I. Thank you. God bless you. Until we meet again.